0: O oh, thou from whom all goodness flows I lift my soul to thee
1: A podcast about how our songs of the faith came to be and how they've encouraged, comforted, and strengthened believers like you and me. Hymn Stories is a part of the Media Grate Podcast Network. My name is Ryan Bush. On May 11th, 1685, a large crowd of spectators gathered on the bank of the tidal river called Blodnock near Wigtown in Scotland. It was a Friday. The solemn assembly looked upon two women fastened to stakes in the muddy riverbed, where the waters of the Solway Firth would again make their appearance as low tide turned to high. These women were covenanters, Scottish Presbyterians who resisted the tyranny of the Church of England which demanded that all would take an oath in submission to the crown. Many Scots remained unbending. Margaret Wilson and her younger sister, as a matter of conscience, defied the orders. Margaret was 18 years old, her younger sister only 13. Their father frantically scraped together enough money to post bond to save his youngest daughter before the dreaded day arrived. No money, however, was left to purchase relief for Margaret. It was no small thing to resist the Church of England. Being found in opposition was to risk life and limb. Fiendish penalties were deployed to compel rebels to yield. Not long before the capture of the young women, a law had gone into effect that prescribed public drowning for unrepentant Covenanter women. Margaret Wilson was found guilty, and her sentence stated that she was to be tied to a stake fixed in the sand within the flood mark and there to stand till the flood overflowed her and drowned her. So the day came, and Margaret was fastened to a stake in the muddy bed of the Blodnock. The tide, that was slowly making its way back in from Solway Firth, would soon envelop her, destroying her life. She was promised life and freedom if she would simply recant. The authorities had a scheme to drive Margaret to surrender. Another covenanter, a woman of 63 years old, was staked further out, where she would drown first as Margaret watched. Their hope was that when Margaret heard the woman's final suffocating breaths and witnessed her death agony, she would be terrified into submission. But instead of being frightened by the sight of her fellow sufferer's death, she was only emboldened to hold all the more fast her profession. For she saw how this woman of faith died in Christ with peace and joy. As her fellow martyr began to die, some who were near Margaret asked her what she thought of the other struggling with the pangs of death. She answered, What do I see but Christ in one of his members wrestling there? Think you that we are the sufferers? No, it is Christ in us, for he sends none of warfare upon their own charges. Then the priest growled at her to recant, but she didn't. Margaret did what so many before and after have done as they faced eternity at the hands of their persecutors. She sang. She sang the hymn of Thomas Hoyce, O thou from whom all goodness flows,
0: O thou from whom all goodness flows, I lift my soul to thee. In all my sorrows, conflicts, woes, good Lord, Be this the prayer of my last breath. Good Lord.
1: She sang until the waves stilled her voice. But then, Just before the life had gone out of her, they pulled her up and held her out of the water till she had recovered and was able to speak. And she was asked if she would pray for the king. She answered, I wish the salvation of all men and the damnation of none. One of the onlookers who was deeply affected with the scene said, Dear Margaret, say, God save the king. Please say it. She answered with great steadiness and composure. God save him, if he will, for it is his salvation I desire. When they heard her answer, they called out, She has said it, she has said it. They hoped that her life could be saved. The commanding officer came near and offered her the opportunity to swear allegiance to the king and be saved, or, if not, to return to the water. She looked at him and said, I will not. I am one of Christ's children. Let me go into the waters. So she was thrust down again into the water, where she finished her course with joy. At Stirling, near the famous castle, there is a beautiful monument to her memory. It says, in part, Love many waters cannot quench. Margaret Wilson, a youthful maiden, chose rather to depart and be with Christ than to disown his holy cause and covenant. Bound to a stake within flood mark of the Solway tide, she died a martyr's death on 11th May 1685. these died in faith, and received not the promises, but saw them afar off, and believed them, and received them thankfully, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country, and if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out they had leisure to have returned. But now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed of them to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. And what shall I more say? For the time would be too short for me to tell of Gideon, Barak, of Samson, Jephthah, also of David and Samuel, and of the prophets, which through faith subdued kingdoms, brought righteousness, obtained the promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, of weak were made strong, waxed valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. The women received their dead raised to life, Others also were racked and would not be delivered that they might receive a better resurrection. And others have been tried by mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover by bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were hewn asunder, they were tempted, they were slain with the sword, they wandered up and down in sheepskins and in goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, whom the world was not worthy of They wandered in wildernesses and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. Thank you for joining me in this episode of Hymn Stories. May the Lord bless you and keep you as you sing and make melody in your heart to Him. Postscript If you are an astute observer, you may have noticed that the Thomas Hoyce hymn that was reportedly sung by the maiden martyr, as she is sometimes known, was actually written after this historical event. Over the centuries, this hymn has become associated with her death, even though she could not have possibly known it. It took some digging, but I think I've discovered the reason for this anachronism, it is because what she actually sang was the second version of Psalm 25 from the Old Scottish Psalter. Historical accounts report that she began singing in verse 7, which says, Let not the errors of my youth nor sins remember be. In mercy for thy goodness sake, O Lord, remember me. Now, you may immediately notice why Hoyce's hymn was inserted here. The last line of this metrical psalm is, "O Lord, remember me. Well, that's the last line of every stanza in Hoyce's hymn. I wanted to present the story to you as it has been passed down, even though it does contain a historical inaccuracy. But I also thought it important to give you all the information. It's possible that Hoyce was inspired by the psalm in the writing of his own hymn. We don't know. But what we do know is that the maiden martyr did not actually sing hoists hymn there tied to the stake. What she actually sang was Psalm 25, verse 7 and following.